This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum and thispipelife.com. We thank them for their support of this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm Caleb. Caleb! Hey, man. Man! good to see you it is good to see you too sir how are you i'm uh, i'm doing really well i'm excited to have you on the show me too man i'm excited to be here yeah so, uh, second episode is that right third actually wait what was all right so we did we did coffee with caleb i mean like it wasn't the coffee with caleb we've teased right. that out forever and you have yet to actually deliver on it but what um we talked about coffee pairings we did and then after that we did a tobacco talk that's right okay all right, all right. well here we go third time's the charm they say Make it or break it. I know. I know. This might be it, man. You're off the show if it doesn't work. Um, okay. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be great. All right. Uh, I'm excited to have you on board, man. We've got a lot of great stuff going on. Um, of course, you guys had the uh, the big, the trunk show uh, with um, with the good folks at Briarworks. Yeah, man. Do you have a Briarworks pipe? Uh, I don't, actually. I was, I'm actually, was gone for that. Um, oh, man. I had a vacation in Colorado uh, for spring break. Well, how did the how did the Colorado uh, va- vacay go? It was good. I've never uh, skied or snow but snowboarded before. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I fell a lot. It's been hey, that's my pl- pride was hurt more than my fanny. But that that's, that's <laughs> dude. That is that is part of the process. Yeah, man, I, I I've been there, man. I know exactly what uh, what that's like. I actually the first and only time I've been skiing, uh, I I fell down quite a bit. I think I think the greens right like isn't the green the easiest of all of the like snow lanes or whatever because they got green blue black I think so and yeah I'm I, I never made it all the way to black and I only <laughs> partially made it to blue uh-huh. in the sense that like I had to like ease my way down the mountain and then finally it was just like ski fall ski fall ski mm-hmm. fall but um, you know it's, it's just part of it yeah I'm, I mean I chose to do snowboarding just because of my past in like longboarding and stuff assuming it would be like you know i could get the hang of it but it was still pretty tough man well hey as long as it's fun that's uh <laughs> and, a, and a good exercise as well but and i'm sorry that you missed the uh, the briarworks uh show i know i i really <laughs> it sucks that i couldn't be there because i really would have liked uh one of their pipes because i love they had one like i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head it's just like a short little it's like a 320 but super mini yeah. And they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, we had one in the shop uh, a couple of months ago and it went pretty quick. Dude, I actually, uh, I bought a pipe recently. Um, really? Yeah. I'm going to have more of a review of it because I haven't gotten a chance to smoke it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually I was at the- Shocker. Well, I was at the Squire uh, testing out some new equipment, uh, which hopefully we'll be debuting, hopefully we'll be debuting uh, next episode. But um, I was yeah. testing out some new new equipment and while there, I was right above, you know, for those of you who have never been to the Squire before, the counters are all glass. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as, as I'm sure most pipe shops, you've got kind of those nice glass containers and everything. And so uh, I had I had the computer and the equipment and everything set up over the glass. Uh, but then I actually, uh, you know, I was looking down, I was positioned right over those unfinished Savinelli's. Mm-hmm. And man, oh man, I mean, like every single time I see one, <laughs> it doesn't matter where it is either, either be it the Squire somewhere else, every single time I see one, they, I just, I'm like, man, I've got to get one of those. Oh yeah, they're great. They're so beautiful. They're and, fantastic. And they're not, I mean, like, you know, they're, they're not cheap, but they're also no. not too expensive. It's like... In my opinion, and I tell people this all the time when they come in and look for a new pipe, I'm like, this is the best 
pipe that you can get for the least money. That's a great value. In my opinion. Yeah. Like, it's a $65 pipe that'll smoke like a $150 pipe. It's yeah. incredible. Well, so, all right. So, these things have been, like, calling out to me in the sense that, mm-hmm. like, I, I've always loved the style, but I've yet to find the right shape. Right. Um, in fact, actually, the last time I almost bought one was actually while I was in Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. uh, up in the shop there. And, uh, and and I almost pulled the trigger, but I was like, you know, this, this shape doesn't quite speak to me. Yeah. I don't know what shape it is I'm looking for. You know, but but for me, I mean, it may sound crazy, but I think some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> like the the shape, the pipe has to speak to me. Yeah, and so that's what I was telling John. It was like, you know, at some point, as soon as I find the pipe that uh, you know that, that speaks to me, you know, then then I'm gonna pull the trigger. Well, mm-hmm. as I'm closing up my my laptop and I look down through the glass <laughs> display, there was this beautiful bent apple unfinished Savinelli, mm-hmm. and I was like, John David, this one's talking to me. <laughs> Like, we're gonna get this one right here, sir. And so I ended up buying it, and uh, I was so excited. And so I'm, uh, man, you gotta put that thing to work. What are you doing? I know. Well, so that's the thing. I was, I just, I have been kind of all over creation lately, and uh, as soon as I get a chance to uh, to slow down a little bit, I'll mm-hmm. hopefully be able to enjoy it. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, I, that's the other thing too is whenever you have a new pipe, there's always this question of what do you break it in with, right? Like, what is going to be the maiden voyage? What tobacco is going to be? what I use for this pipe, especially mm-hmm. with briar pipes too. If, yeah, yeah. If you're going to kind of set it in one way or another. I like Virginia's, to I be mean, honest. Yeah, I, I have yet to decide what I want to smoke in it. I think probably what'll, um, later on tonight, I'll be packing mm-hmm. my bags for some more travel. And, yeah. uh, you know, that will probably be the moment of truth because that will, whatever I bring with me, You'll, yeah. I'll also bring the pipe. And so that will be what, what I end up smoking in it. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Or maybe second breakfast. Uh, I do love some second breakfast. I know you do. That might have to be the one. <laughs> if I've got some, I, mm-hmm. I might have to, I, I got to make sure that I still have some. I would imagine that I do. A wise man once told me that the best way to break into your pipe is with your favorite. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, um, you know, I was actually uh, smoking some, oh gosh, what was it? It was blue. Blue ribbon? Not blue ribbon. It's not a squire tobacco. Blue, oh. blue note. Okay. Have you ever had blue note? I haven't. Okay. So I had blue note. Uh, I actually enjoyed it uh, while doing a periscope. Uh, I I was uh, out enjoying a, a nice fire, and I had my pipe with me, and yeah. thought, you know what, this is uh, this is kind of a nice quiet moment. Let's ruin it with the internet, <laughs> <laughs> not ruin it, but let's share this moment with uh, some Squire folks. And so yeah. I got on on Periscope and uh, and did a kind of a live, just smoking it and talking about it. And here's the thing: this Blue Note in particular was given to me by somebody who. Every single time he gives me tobaccos, he mm-hmm. tells me never to tell people who he is and that he gave me the tobacco. Right. So I only say that because he'll know it's him right. as he's listening to this. But no one else but does. But no one else does. So I feel like I'm covering my bases there. No, you, yeah, you got it. So he, he gave me this blue note and I- Mr. Anonymous. Well, this was like a year and a half ago. And oh. so it was not- this, The other factor too is it was not necessarily aged well. <laughs> um, and so it was kind of dry and yeah. based on what I was hearing- mm-hmm. It's very possible that maybe all the casing kind of evaporated. <laughs> I can only de- describe it as terrible. And that's terrible. <laughs> like, I really, but apparently, like, because uh, Blue Note's supposed to be really good. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I, I guess I've never actually smoked it. I've only smoked Blue Note that somebody has abused, that somebody, again, being me, not the person who was kind enough to give it to me. Right. You messed it up. Exactly. Good job. Well, I mean, you got to take care of your tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, a lesson well learned by Bo York. That is absolutely the the lesson learned. But um, yeah, I did not and uh, paid the price of a bad smoke. Uh, I had some Cherokee with me, so I, I used Cherokee as a palate cleanser yeah, right yeah. after that. That's good. Yeah. What have you been smoking lately? I have been smoking a lot of Bowser's Castle and Lowland Pine. Oh, yeah. Lowland um, Pine, of course, yeah. uh, your blend. 
Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I just kind of go through an English phase, and it usually lasts for a good long time. Um, but I just uh, this summer I went through kind of a kick with aromatics, um, mainly Blue Ribbon, a lot of that, and and stuff like Old Toby and whatnot. But now just a cooler smoke is kind of where my palate's at. Um, yeah, and and the aromatics tend to burn real hot, and I. I it's not your thing. Nah, it's hurting my tongue, so I'm just like, eh, I kind of like English blends and, and lowland pine. I kind of put it down right after I made it for a little while because uh, I, I smoked way more than I ever imagined I would ever want to. But since I started smoking Bowser's Castle a little bit more, I was like, huh, this is really good. I forgot how good it was. I wish it was a little bit sweeter. And then I picked up lowland pine again. I was like, oh my gosh, I made that? <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Man, all right, so I'm glad that, that I've got you on the show. Mm-hmm. And this is a great transition into kind of what the, the topic today is going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about on the show, you know, uh, those who've been listening for quite some time know, uh, we have all sat under the tutelage of John David Cole, uh, a pipe tobacconist <laughs> at large. You know, the, one of mm-hmm. one of the uh, the in, in my opinion, although he would vehemently disagree. In my opinion, one of the giants in the industry when oh, it yeah. comes to uh, quality pipe uh, tobacco. The way blending. he likes to put it, he's a big fish in a small pond. <laughs> does he say that? He does. All right, look at John David. Getting I know he's like on. it's like it's like humble, but like. Not really humble at the same time. It's so hard to get him to like to <laughs> brag about himself. Right? That's no, he good. says that. I'm like, you know what? Good on you, man. Like, That's right. on, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. Well, he uh, he obviously has got uh, a lot of talent. He's got a lot of experience, mm-hmm. a lot of love for the the craft as well. Uh, but while we have all been kind of sitting under his like like we like he is the professor, and we are all in the. Uh, in the classroom, yeah, you are. It, it's more like you are his apprentice. Now, yeah. I don't, I don't want to call you that. You have to earn <laughs> that title. Uh, okay, but it's because so you are his intern. But I mean, to some extent, you are, you've almost got this apprenticeship. Yeah, where you are blending tobaccos right there with John David Cole looking over your shoulder at what you're doing. But it's crazy. He speaks very highly of you. And so today, what we wanted to do is talk about um, being a, a tobacconist, being someone mm-hmm. who actually blends these these crafts, uh, these these tobaccos, but from your lens in particular, because you're you're kind of a younger guy. Mm-hmm. How, how old are you? I'm 22. <sighs> see, the, see, uh, see, a lot of our <laughs> listeners hear us; they think we're young, and then you say that, and I'm like, man, <laughs> those were the days. <laughs> That's uh, the glory days. Not really. I actually really like. Thirties <laughs> have been very good to me thus far. That's so, good. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so you're young, young, very young in terms of uh, getting your start, and, yeah. um, and and kind of blending tobaccos. And so, yeah, just from your perspective, man, what is it that really, uh, what do you, what do you find to be some of your big influences? Why do you want to blend your own tobaccos? For one, I, I'm always striving for new tastes, new flavors. Um, my palate changes a lot. And so like, I'm constantly trying to kind of cater to that. Um, like how I'm involved with coffee. Like I don't ever kind of stick with one roast as my general favorite that I drink all the time. I'm always hopping around. Um, and so with tobacco, it, it gives me the flexibility to be able to kind of cater to that. Like if I'm feeling like smoking this flavor with this, like sweet and kind of savory or like salty, um, and, and mild, not salty, but like something mild or something really peppery and spicy. Like I can, I guess, sculpt a tobacco that fits that flavor profile. Um, and what's cool about that is me not being the only person on the planet that is kind of like that. And, and me being a person that is like that, there's always somebody out there that may or may not enjoy what I've made. So it's really about kind of uh, finding someone who really shares your taste. Yeah. Okay. Which my tastes are 
really eclectic. So, I mean, like, I'll sit down with an English smoker and have a bowl of probably some of the strongest English tobacco you can get. And then same thing with aromatic, except for Summer Breeze. I'll smoke almost any aromatic with anybody. Perique blend, stuff like that. I'm, I'm curious because, I mean, to some extent, this is kind of almost behind the scenes kind of question here. Mm-hmm. But is the process that John David says to you, hey, we need... You know, we've got too many English blends, so mm-hmm. let's let's mix it up here. We've got way too many aromatic blends. Let's let's give something that's going to slap people in the face. Like mm-hmm. what? It, what is his direction, or, or does he give direction? Yes and no. Um, he kind of just he kind of has these ideas and just asks me to do these certain things, um, not necessarily out of a whim. Like we need this because we have too many of these. Like we just came out with two new aromatic blends. We have tons of aromatic blends. Um, it's just. For the season, we would like to have these two that he's really kind of been getting at the flavors of it in particular. Like he's been wanting a chocolate uh, again and an apple again, a uh, county seat in Tobac du Chocolat, um, if I'm pronouncing <laughs> that, that correctly. That did not sound pronounced It did not, and you can harp on me for it, but I don't really care. <laughs> um, getting those out was a big deal to him just because he really wanted those flavors to be out because I guess people have been asking about them and just stuff like that. I'm, I'm curious too, I mean like, with those, did you did you assist with those? I did. The chocolate one is actually is actually my blend. That oh, I made. you did that one yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, good, good to know. Good he to did know. help, which actually, and this is something awesome. Going back to like the the kind of apprenticeship under John David, blew my mind when I made that blend because I was really stumped over kind of the last ingredient idea um, of what to do, and I couldn't find the right leaf. I had tried at least ten to twelve different things, um, and different proportions and stuff like that, and then. One day he was at the shop and I was kind of toying with it. And he just like went into the, he's like, hang on, I got an idea. And then he went and grabbed this leaf um, that I hadn't even, th- I didn't even consider it. I forgot that we had it even. <laughs> it, cause, and it's, but I use it all the time. And he just put it in there and it was perfect because it needed a little bit of kick, a little bit of sweetness, but nothing that would overpower it. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, but it also, we wanted it to have a little bit of color to it as well. The Cavendish is really, really heavy, like black blackish brown Cavendish. Um, and so having a little bit of like a lighter color in there makes it look really good. So it was like all those different factors were in that. And then he just pulled this thing out of his butt and I was like, what the heck, man? <laughs> like, how did you, how did you even think of that? Like, where did that come from? Uh-huh. But it was perfect for it. I'm still learning stuff and it blows my mind. Just the extent of that guy's knowledge is crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So you've been working for the Squire for how long? A little over... January, February, March. Ten months. All right. And Lowland Pine came out... Uh, right before Christmas time, I believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. So you were you were only a few months in at that point mm-hmm. when you started working on that. Or did you have an idea for it? I'd been working on it since about summertime. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, was, yeah. was that one where John David was like, all right, you know, time to jump into the deep end? Or, or was that something you just kind of took I, on yourself? I kind of took initiative in that. I was just kind of like, okay, well, we have this tobacco and John David wants to make a blend out of it. And I was like, I'll do that. <laughs> and in my spare time, like it, it wasn't something that I made like a big deal, but just in my spare time, I would fiddle with it a little bit because it was something that I was looking for too. Like I said, I, I kind of make things for my palate and then people tend to like them. It is interesting though. I mean, like, you know, one of the things that, that I love about the Squire mm-hmm. is that John David's good about, um, you know, Bowser's Castle is a good, a good example of this, but, but taking like customer tastes or custom yeah. blends that are made for customers, senior chief, of course, mm-hmm. from Pappy Joe. And those that are like, that really kind of find, you know, kind of a, Oh, you like this too? Oh, yeah. you like this too? Like that, getting them pretty high profile. Yeah. It is. I, I would imagine being kind of, 
in in that position to where you know you you don't really get to fail silently no you know what i mean like yeah. you're, you're you're if you're if caleb blends something <laughs> uh it is certainly going to be known in the local community oh yeah and uh and for those that try it uh it'll also be known for you know those tuning in internationally as well mm-hmm. and so i would imagine there's a lot of pressure there i don't really think about it to be honest that's probably good i don't like <laughs> if people people come in to me uh like when i made lowland pine at first everybody had a bunch of good things to say about it and then i just saw like online orders go crazy mm. almost every one of our orders every other one at least will have lowland pine on it but the the thought of that is never in my mind when i'm making something it, my mind is on like ooh i like that ooh do i like this how's this going to taste like sure. and then so like i almost get distracted just by the art of it in itself that i kind of forget about like all the background noise of what like I guess the quote unquote pressure. I, I like how you define it as an art too. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I was relatively recently, I interviewed a, uh, a local artist. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we talked about was the idea of when you create art, like if you create a, a painting or, or specifically this guy did murals. Yeah. Are you more interested? What I asked him was, you know, was he more interested in he's got something he wants to communicate mm-hmm. or is it more of like he's working something out within himself mm-hmm. and therefore when everybody sees it, would he rather them walk away with a message or just walk away with it, whatever they take out of the experience, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, I never really thought about it from the standpoint of a tobacconist, but I guess that's kind of true in terms of taste for yeah, sure. It is. Yeah, I think so. And subconsciously, sometimes I think I'm working for one or the other, but I I don't know. It's just kind of <laughs> like what happens in the end, I can kind of sit back and be like, oh, okay, that's why I did this or that's why I did that, yeah. I guess. It, all right. So let's, let's, Take take Country Squire tobaccos out of the equation. Mm-hmm. In terms of tins, what mm-hmm. would you kind of define as, as some of your go-tos? Uh, wilderness, for sure. Um, I really like that one. I love the Christmas cheer blends. Uh, I've been collecting those for a couple of years now, and I really enjoy those. Uh, Pebble Cut's really good from McClelland, and I do like Orlick Golden Slice. That is good. I do like that one a lot. Yeah. Those are probably my... Wilderness is my staple. Like, if I'm going for a tin, like... That's the one I'm gonna get if I don't recognize anything else. Um, see, I, I like I like pulling that back just to kind of see where kind of some of your inspirations come from. Like, mm-hmm. what what is it that you're going to there? And then as far as Squire tobaccos, what what do you what do you, prior? Let's say prior to working okay. at the Country Squire, what was what were your go to tobaccos? I smoked Hunting Creek a lot. Um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then black and tan, and then I have a, pr- a private blend that I made a couple of years ago. Really? Uh huh. Um, Northwest Trek. I've never had it. Okay. It's really good and you should have it. All right. It's not but it's not in a jar. No, it's okay. not. Um wait, is this one that like you could, you know, could you sneak that one in if you've already got a private blend like in the back of your head? What do you mean? Well, so John David comes to you and he's like, "Hey Caleb, we need a new tobacco." And then you're like, "Oh, well, it's going to take oh, me 3 no, like, months to work out this yeah, one." No, he already knows. <laughs> okay. uh, he he's the one that helped me like come up with it and kind of kind of okay. blend it. He like that was back in my days when I regulared the Country Square. Like I was in there every day. Yeah. Paying out my butt just for copious amounts of tobacco. Um I say out just a lot of money because I bought a lot of tobacco. Uh, in order to make that that blend, um, but to this day, it's still probably my absolute favorite. But it, nobody else would think so. What like, is well, what is it? Since it's your first, it's kind of got the special place, or oh no, it's like you still think it's good. Oh yeah, okay. it, it everything that I've smoked to date to me is beat out by that. Gotcha. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Um, the reason I ask is I remember uh, Tim. 
uh, the the former intern. Oh yes. Uh, oh Timothy. Yeah. Some who call him Tim. Uh, he once Tim. told me when I first tried to make my own private blend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like he's like, are you going to be one of these people? That as soon as you smoke it, you're just no matter how terrible it is, you're gonna think it's like God's gift to tobacco. <laughs> and I was like, oh, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Yeah, of course, of course. Sadly, it was terrible. That's but, hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, would you define yourself as a hipster? I would not. Which is probably what makes you a hipster. I guess. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I I just ask because you know I uh, back when we did our episode on hipsters, I mean that's been kind of fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. We, we just got done kind of introducing this new series of archetypes, and yeah, I made mention of the fact that you know hipsters may or may not fall into a pipe smoking archetype. Yeah, but I think um you know your in terms of like your age group and and the newer pipe smokers coming mm-hmm. in, hipsters is something that you know we're seeing a, a, a kind of an influx of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm just kind of curious. I mean you. People sometimes have ne- negative connotations to um, uh, kind of the the young blood right yeah. coming into uh, a hobby like this, especially an age old hobby. Right. Uh, I remember a comment once that we got. I think it was when we were doing that episode where someone said, uh, "Pipe pipe tobacco and pipe smoking existed before hipsters, and it mm-hmm. will exist after hipsters, right? As well. And so, and there's there's a there's a there's a truth in that in the sense that there is a timeless nature to it. So it's not like, oh, the yeah. hipsters just discovered it. Right. But at the same time, there's also a bit of a dismissiveness, I think, mm-hmm. to kind of like who the current um are the the current kind of new pipe smokers that are yeah. coming in are. With you, you being kind of a younger tobacconist mm-hmm. and with the the clientele that the country squire gets, which is extremely diverse. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of curious what has been have you what how have you, from your perspective, been received by the local community of, of pipe smokers. And I mean that kind of across the board. Right. Um, it's been kind of interesting, uh, really, just in, in outside of being a tobacconist, thinking about my walk into the journey of a pipe smoker, might I say. Um, just kind of seeing the people that have already been there, kind of kind of the older folks that, are, that have been doing it for a long time, um, and then walking in as, as I guess, one of the millennial quote unquote generation. Uh-huh. Um, that that's actually a, a term that I get, I hear a lot get thrown around in, in the tobacco shop. Um, so that kind of in a negative way or in a positive um, way and just usually a, in a negative connotation. Okay. Um, I don't hold to that personally. Um, I don't take offense by it, uh, at all either. Um, but that's just kind of what, what my generation is labeled as. Um, and it kind of just is like, oh yeah, you people over there, like the younger guys, um, and stuff like that. (laughs) Uh, Uh, and so it it like, and that, that goes in and outside of like your quote unquote hipsters. Right. Um, right, It's just kind of everybody of this age group. Exactly. Um, but, uh, as far as quote unquote hipsters go, um, I don't know. Like I just, the way that I kind of see it is, uh, from what I've interpreted when people come into the shop regardless of what they look like, how old they are, what they do for a living and what their interests are. Like what I've seen is that for the most part, people are very welcoming and inviting of that. Um, There's not really, unless you're kind of just like super kind of stuck up about your own pipe smoking, like nobody's going to make a big deal about a new pipe smoker from whatever generation they are coming in and joining in, in this hobby that we all love and enjoy and that we want more people to be a part of because it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and beyond that, if there's no younger people to walk into that or to be brought into it, there's going to be no continuation of this thing. You can't pass it on to further generations. And so you kind of need that. Even if there are 
hipsters like walking into the shop like we need that because it makes us money and it continues this age-old thing that we know of tobacco and pipe smoking that's pa- passing the torch but it's also yeah. i think sharing the torch right? yeah it and, is and that's really what what i find most fascinating and and like i said i mean with with the country squire you walk in it's not a young crowd it's not an old crowd it is Mm-mm. just i mean it's very very yeah. eclectic in, in the age groups and you I mean have, any given day we'll have like five to six college students in there hanging out after classes or we'll have like a couple of guys in their forties to fifties. Um, Got some retirees in there that'll yeah. come in and, and spend oh, yeah. the time as well. Mm-hmm. And they'll, and they'll all sit next to each other in the, in the yeah. big, big easy chairs. Everybody and, just kind of shoots the breeze together. Um, just sharing, sharing life. Yeah. It's not necessarily a full passing the torch, mm-hmm. Because it doesn't like, you know, this is not like a, oh, if you're from your 20s to 30s, that's that means that you're a pipe smoker. It's, right. oh, if you're, you know, from your 20s on, you know, uh, until yeah. the end, you're a pipe smoker. So right. it's, it is kind of the shared experience. Well, that's good, man. Um, well, you know, that's one of the things that I think uh, <laughs> when John David and I were talking about having you on the show, mm-hmm. um, we were both really interested to get your perspective. I think John David in particular was interested to, to he'll be interested to listen to this one and hear uh, yeah. hear you, you talk when he's out of the room so uh-huh. to speak, <laughs> on what your experience is of, uh, of of learning from him and then also I think just uh, of of where uh, where you kind of see the industry and and what your experience has been yeah well good uh, all right man well uh, hey you know one of the great things people know is that this podcast is brought to us by the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum uh, you know Missouri Meerschaum man they've got some beautiful beautiful pipes mm-hmm. if you're looking for a great corn cob pipe uh, then you look no further than the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum so man uh, for this particular episode we've got one that I know that is one of your favorites mm-hmm. uh, which is the shortstop yes man t- talk a little bit about the shortstop I love that thing hey, we actually just got him in this at the squire recently and as soon as I saw it I was like I need that pipe like I have to have that pipe that is the most like cool just little corn cob I've ever seen um, it's kind of a tiny bowl right yeah I love it but, it, but it's a very it's like a thin long I for me when I think of the shortstop mm-hmm. like the thing that comes to mind is like uh, uh Oh, uh, corncob pipe and a button nose. Uh, Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. Like that That seems to be like the classic Frosty pipe. Yeah, actually, I, I think so. Well, because like, well, I guess I guess that it, your mileage may vary because yeah. I have seen a lot of interpretations where he's got kind of a larger bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the one that I kind of remember. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. But I guess in my mind, I, I just see that being a very, uh, you know what it is? It's we're down here in Mississippi. So uh-huh. when we get snow, we don't have that much snow. Right. You get too big of a bowl on the corn cob <laughs> and Frosty's head's going to fall off. Right. It's, so it's got to be a tiny bowl, tiny, tiny fire. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah. Short I like stuff. a, I tend to like a smaller bold pipe, um, straight stem, the thing's like perfect for me. Yeah. You get a nice little taste of tobacco mm-hmm. and you get it from a really, really Especially great- for um like just testing stuff and mm. tasting it um but it my job requires that a lot and so it's really it caters to that quite a bit and i really like it all right man so the short stop get it it's great for uh sampling your tobaccos you know we've talked before about how corn cob pipes are uh, crucial to have in your toolkit it's it's a great mm-hmm. pipe to for have sure. especially when you're testing out those tobaccos that sort of thing and i actually one of the, one of the things that i like about just having one on me um, is that they're cheap so for example a friend of mine came into the squire the other day didn't have a pipe He's just hanging out with a friend, and I was just like, hey, I got this corn cob. You can have it. Bada bing, bada boo. Yeah, and now he's a pipe smoker. They make for wonderful gifts. They're awesome. So check it out, Shortstop. If you've got a Shortstop pipe, be sure to smoke it this week. Uh, send a tweet picture in and tweet that towards us. We will retweet that out. It's a great way to show the folks at Missouri Meerschaum how much you appreciate them for supporting this show. Do it. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Pipe Question of the Week. Pipe Question of the Week this week. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I was so used to John and David going, ow! You know, whatever you... <laughs> I was close. That was, that was all right. <laughs> that was all right. That's no, good. It's good. All right. So the pipe question of the week this week actually comes in from me. Oh. Yes. That's right. What I've the got heck, a, man? Well, hey, look. I got this brand new pipe that I okay. talked about earlier. It's okay. this unfinished Savinelli. Right. Um, folks, probably, uh, I guess, you know, those that are kind of familiar with pipe know that... Mm-hmm. This is a pipe that that changes as you use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very similar to Meerschaum in that yeah. way. Um, so my question to you is, now that I've got an unfinished Savinelli, yes. and I know that it will not be the same as it was the day that I purchased it, right? what are best practices for me? Now, I'm, I'm looking forward to the fact that it is going to change as I smoke it, right? but how exactly does that work? Why does it change? What is it actually that impacts that that? look and feel mm-hmm. and uh and how can i if at all mm-hmm. control the end product yeah um well there's a couple of different factors the main of which is your hands um your hands have almost everything to do with the color and the stain that it'll kind of take on um for me personally i have a unfinished 320 uh, it's one of my favorite pipes i love that thing mm-hmm. um and i just it's kind of I hold it in a certain way, um, and I'll sometimes just kind of rub my hands over it so it gets a little bit just of, of that oil everywhere on it, but uh, it has a particular darkened spot where I usually hold it, and so you can kind of tell, um, but that's a that's a big part of where that comes from because of like the dirt, it, uh, oddly enough, the dirt on your hands combined with that oil give it that stained look, and just over time, the, the multiple layers of that 
kind of add together and you get really really pretty dark finishes on it um mm. now i know some people who are weirdos who will like rub the rub them on their faces because your face produces a lot of oil and stuff like that yeah um, and various other methods which i am not inclined to do i would rather just hold the dang thing and <laughs> smoke it as opposed to buy a pipe and rub it on my face um <laughs> but that's kind of my experience or, or so it's more to do with the actual oils than actually the, the, the tobacco. Okay. Um, I think it does some, mainly around the top. Um, you'll get some charred look uh, around the bowl of the pipe. Um, but I, to be honest, I'm not sure about whether or not the, the tobacco that you're smoking or the heat of the pipe. I'm sure that it does have some kind of effect um, as those gases are leaving from the pipe. Uh, as we know, meerschaums have, have that effect. Um, and, you, and you can really see it. That's why they get that kind of amber color is the tobacco is leaving from the pipe the 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 air and the gas is leaving and so it leaves that residue interesting yeah. all right so does it but does it have to be hot like is it specifically while i'm smoking it that's when the oil from my hand Mm-mm. really nope so I, I that's good to know especially for the people that want to rub it against their face right <laughs> which is why i know that oddly enough yeah no yeah. like yeah no you don't you gotta be lighted up and then like puff on it a little bit and then you just kind of rub the warm bowl against your face and get it all <laughs> nice and nice and toasty yeah <laughs> All right, fair enough. That's good to know. All right, so it, it really has more to do with the oil from my hands than it does the actual smoking of the mm-hmm. pipe, uh, and it doesn't matter if it's hit, if it's lit or not, Mm-mm. just as it is. Mm-hmm. I think I think for me, man, I'm going to go with a very just kind of let it ride. I, I don't even know that I want it to be like cased in the exact same coloring. Mm-mm. Like if it just has my handprint on it. No, see, I love that about mine. Yeah, like I love that. It adds such a cool dynamic and like personality to the pipe. Because it has, on, on certain parts of the grain, you can see that dark stain. Um, and whether or not other people think it looks like crap, I don't care. It looks beautiful to me. Um, and then it lightens up at certain parts. Um, I think that you're really going to enjoy watching that process. I'm excited about it. Oh, man, I cannot wait to smoke that thing. All right, well, that pipe question came in for me. But, hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week, you can send it in at, at show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick, Quick fire with, with the squire. All right, we got quick fire questions. Woo! All right, that'll that'll fly. <laughs> All right, man. These come in from Ghost of Pompeii. That is his name on the forums over at thispipelife.com. Haunting. I know, right? I don't think it's the actual Ooh. ghost. It could be. What if it was? Mm. Hello, Ghost of Pompeii. Don't curse me. <laughs> All right, here, here's, here we go. You're putting a hex upon me. It's his uh, username over at thispipelife.com. More on thispipelife.com in a minute. Uh, all right, here we go. Okay. English blends versus aromatic. English. Uh, yeah, I'm an aromatic. I mean, aromatic. like, I, I do like English blends. I'm not, you know, when we started this show many years ago, I was I would have only been aromatic. I, I do now like English blends. <laughs> That's because you work with Briar now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... <laughs> And he's given me a pipe. You know about uh-huh. that, right? Mm-mm. Now, he gave me a Nording Churchwarden pipe. It's one of my Ooh. favorites. Uh, it's a beautiful pipe that he gave me as a Did gift. Did he put the stipulation on it? If you, you can have it, but you can only smoke English blends out of it? Well, sort of. <laughs> it was a pseudo-used pipe. And uh-huh. just pseudo used by oh, Brian. You told me about that the other day. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's funny. Uh, so, all right. So you say English, and I say aromatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, MSNBC or Fox News? That's a dangerous question. Um, I don't watch the news. Twitter, right? I mean, like when it comes down to it, who what? I mean, we're both of the kind of I, the. the I age guess of, I don't. I'm not even on Twitter. Wait, where do you get the news from? I don't. The paper sometimes. Which paper? Our local paper, Clarence. Yeah. All right, fair enough. 
I'm, uh, but Twitter ends up being kind of my, my primary news source. That's going to panic some people, but that's gonna, <laughs> that, that is that is what it is. X-Files versus Fringe. Oh, X-Files. X-Files is classic. I love X-Files. Are you a Mulder or a Scully? Uh, One, uh, wait, uh, I haven't gotten like hugely into it. Okay. Because it was like, I got into it after the, um, what's that new show on Netflix? There's a lot of new shows on Netflix. It's lately. like the sci-fi kind of. Oh, you're talking about Stranger Things? Yes. Okay. After I've not watched out, that, but dude, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I watched that, and then I kind of got into. I watched like the first season or two. Yeah. Um, so I like. I'm not super familiar with it, but I love it. Like, yeah. I'm like Fairweather fan at the moment, but I do love it. All right. So I don't know the answer to the question that you just posted. Well, let me put it this way: Do you believe, or do you not believe, but you want to believe? I believe. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> that's good, that's good. I, okay, I just put the characters' faces to that, to the questions that you just asked Okay, good, good, It good, makes no. sense now. That's what that question yeah. means. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool, <laughs> cool. I'm going to go like X-Files as well. And then finally, The Walking Dead versus The Running Man. I've seen neither. Have you not? Mm-mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I feel like... I feel like you would be a Walking Dead kind of guy. Most people peg me as that because I do have an affinity for the undead. I love zombies. They're awesome. But I just, that's not one, what I've heard of it, it's a lot of drama and I ain't about that. Well, see, that's kind of why I like what little of it I've experienced. I'm not mm-hmm. a, I'm not a gore guy. I'm not a, like a zombie type. That's not my thing. Yeah. But once it just happened to be on, mm-hmm. I was happening to watch it and I was shocked at how engaged I got into. Really? Yeah. Cause in Walking Dead, it's, it's less, um, you know, and I'm, I, I don't even know enough to spoil it to anybody. Yeah. But the the thing about it is that the zombies are not so much like like the the villains, the evil mm-hmm. like you know killer type deal. And it's more of like the zombies are like a force of nature, right? And it's just kind of the world that you live in is that like the zombies exist in this kind of force. And it's of nature. more of a people versus people kind of thing. Yeah, the zombies are just there. Yeah, they're they're almost like okay. a yeah. And so I, I see, I'm like a zombie movie fan. Like I want to see zombies trying to kill the crap out of some people, and then people. Well, they do do that too. That doesn't trend, happen. Right. Yeah. But I mean, like in a movie format where it's like super fast, I'm like a Call of Duty zombies sure. like fan. And so, so like it's fast paced, like the zombies are running, trying to get people. And so stuff that's like the that. question. You prefer your zombies to be able to run? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. I like, like, I like the, the slow, yeah. <laughs> the crawlers. Do you ever see Shaun of the Dead? Yes. That movie's hilarious. I love that movie. And again, I don't like zombie stuff, but that, it's hilarious. That, that, that movie is hilarious. Um, I'll never forget the opening scene when they're like throwing all the records at the zombies right. and they're just kind of like still walking <laughs> towards them. Uh, so funny. Yeah, that's great. All right, quick fire questions. Again, those came in from uh, Ghost of Pompeii. Thank you so much for those questions. And thank, thank you, you so much for sending them in over at the forums at thispipelife.com. Yes. Thispipelife.com, an amazing online community. Uh, if you've not checked it out, you absolutely should. They've got a uh, great forum. There's great discussions constantly going over there. If you want to know what's going on in the pipe world, if you've got questions about what's going on in the pipe world, uh, changes, switches up at companies, different rules and regulations as they become available, uh, those uh, those are constantly being discussed there. Uh, it's very, very simple to do. You can set up an account, thispipelife.com. Use the code CSR when you do, uh, because when you do that, it helps them know that you heard about them on the show, and it also helps make this show happen. So again, thispipelife.com. Use the code CSR and be sure to give them a shout out on Facebook, Twitter, on Instagram at This Pipe Life. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, man, listener feedback. We got some great listener feedback in. Uh, shout out to Joe Gibson, also known, of course, as Pappy Joe. 
who wrote in about our, our the last live episode we did before we went on the, the live show hiatus. Of course, obviously not hiatus of the podcast because you're listening to this right now. Hello. Uh, but, the, uh, but he wrote in, he said he didn't get to catch the live show on uh, that Monday night uh, as he was preparing to welcome in grandchild number nine to the family. Dang dog. Yeah. He said, I guess that puts me firmly in the grandfather archetype now, uh, having started <laughs> pipe smoking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, big, big shout out to Pap- uh, Pappy Joe, man. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, also, we've got uh, uh, stay at home Piper over on YouTube. who said, uh, this is on an episode we did a while back talking about cherry tobaccos. He said, I love cherry tobacco. My top three is McClellan's three cherry, Lane Limited Dark Red hmm. and Colt Blood Red Moon. Ooh. Uh, is that, that kind of pique your interest there? Oh, well, it's, it's just very, the name is very eloquent. T- to me, it, it evokes that kind of horror thing, right? Blood Red Moon. Right. Yeah. Almost like a um, kind of vampire thing going on. Yeah. He also says, I also really enjoy combining cherry with English, like McClellan's Frog Morton Original. Uh, he said more cherry than Latakia, but an excellent flavor. Yeah, so, I can uh, see that. Yeah, absolutely. And then, We've got one I think mixes really well with Latakia, uh, our flambeau. Oh, yeah. That one's real good. And then, you know, I don't necessarily have, uh, I, I, you know, we've already kind of read this feedback on, on the show, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to necessarily read this again, but we had several people write in. I, I want to mention this while you're on the show. Yeah. Because I shared the fact that we played D&D. Yes. And, uh, and we had so many people right in and just be like, Oh, I you love playing that. D&D and you know, this is really cool and yeah. everything. And so, you know, I just wanted to mention if, if that's something that, that, uh, that piques your interest, um, then, uh, yeah, at some point we may need to see if there's a, a intersection of D&D and pipe tobacco might, might reach out to some other podcasts dealing with yeah. D&D in the, in the past we've done things like, uh, you know, with we did the crossover with I Hear of Sherlock when mm-hmm. we were talking about Sherlock Holmes. We did the crossover with uh, the One Ring dot net. We were talking about Tolkien, and so yeah. generally in that kind of uh, area, we get experts on. So uh, yeah, at some point, hopefully, we'll have an expert on, and, and perhaps maybe that's when we'll have have you back on again, Caleb. Yeah, man, that'd be awesome. You've been playing D anD D for a while, yeah? Uh, it's been a couple of years. Uh, I haven't been like it's kind of been here and there uh, throughout that, but I've in the time that I had, I. Just, put way too much time into it um so <laughs> did you uh were you smoking your pipe while you were playing um not while i was playing at the same time frame yeah. yes um but while i was playing i was at school so no <laughs> i do i mean i do love like the visual of like being oh, able yeah. to sit around and, and smoke your pipe and uh no, and i've even thought about uh like for one of our D nights yeah. asking john david um if we can go up there like Maybe after hours or something like oh that, and set gosh. up a table in yes. there and play in the squire. In the squire, yeah, dude. Oh, that would be incredible. Oh, that'd be awesome. I haven't talked to him yet, so if he hears this on the podcast before I talk to him, this is me asking for permission. Okay, good, 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 good. As opposed to forgiveness, <laughs> don't right? Don't, yeah, that's a good call. Um, but yeah, no, I think that'd be incredible. But uh, you know, this last past time when y'all played, I was mm-hmm. unable to attend. Yes, as it sounds like I, the next time y'all play. <laughs> Will be while I'm out of town, so yes. I, you know. But apparently, I did better not being there than I did when I was there. <laughs> yeah, so. man, you broke a door down, you killed a couple of zombies. My character was turned to stone and used as a weapon of yes. some sort. So. We found this necklace, and and Bo's character really, really wanted the necklace, and so he ended up putting it on. Um, and then found out the necklace was cursed, and that turned him into a rock. Yes, so um, I'm I am a rock, <laughs> right? And so when that happened, our dragonborn, our dragonborn, I can't remember what his class is. 
I guess. Is a druid. Druid, yeah. yeah. Dragonborn druid is just like, ooh, I like this rock. And just like <laughs> picks it up and like takes it with him. Um, and uh, one of the rules about the curse is that whoever picks up the rock uh-huh, first uh-huh. is like the rock is sentient. So like your character could talk and stuff. I could still talk? Right, but only to him. Oh, so he was interpreting what I was saying. Yeah. So he, he could hear you and talk back to you. And so like- I just love that I'm a rock. Yeah. Okay. So like his character is just like talking to a rock while we're all doing this stuff over here. Let this be a lesson to all of you who are interested in playing D&D. Once you start, you're, you're in it. And if you're not, then they will, they'll turn you into a rock. Right. So- <laughs> I look forward to my triumphant return uh, <laughs> next next time that I'm able to. But uh, anyway, thanks so much for including me in the D&D. And thanks yeah, so man. much for coming on the show today, man. It is my pleasure. I think it's the, the pleasure of all of us to have you here to get your unique perspective, especially being it. kind of a, a young 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 gun in the industry and um, looking to see uh, watching your success with great interest, as Emperor Palpatine said to Anakin Skywalker once. All right. Well, I'm interested in watching that as well. <laughs> we also want to encourage everybody um, next week. Uh, I should have mentioned this at the top of the show. I'm mentioning it now. Come on, ne- Bo. Next week, we will be back for the live show on Monday night. Uh, that is going to be at 830. That's our new time, 830 p.m. Central Time this coming Monday. Uh, you will not want to miss it. It's going to be fun. Hopefully, we'll be debuting some uh, some new equipment, which will be mm-hmm. a blast. Um, we also want to encourage those of you uh, who uh, enjoy this podcast, you want to see it continue to grow, grow and thrive, uh, to help support the pod- podcast by going to countrysquireradio.com. Uh, click on Join the Club, where you yourself can actually be part of the international pipe club that is growing and going. And we want to, uh, to make that... Uh, even more interactive with some great things down the road. Help us get there. If you can go to countrysquireradio.com, click on join the club, or if you're listening on the Satchel Podcast Player, just click be a patron. It's right there in the podcast player itself. It's also a great way to listen and to love and support the show. Um, mm. You can keep up with us throughout the week as well. You can follow me. I'm at The Real Bo York. You can follow uh, JD. He's at John David Cole. Uh, you can follow the shop at underscore Country Squire, or mm-hmm. you can follow the podcast at, at Squire Radio. <laughs> You have a lot of options, so just pick one. Well, what about you? Pick how do all of them? How do people keep up with you? Um, I have Instagram. Uh, Insta slam it. I guess uh, it's like Sir underscore Carub C A R U B. Something clever. I okay, guess. yeah, I like it. I mean, clever with quotations. Right. Sure, yeah. no, that's good. Yeah, that's Whatever. fine. <laughs> I like it. So find Caleb on Instagram. Uh, you can also find him at the shop. When are you normally there? Um, I'm usually there Tuesdays, Mondays, Tuesdays. And Saturdays. This is true. Caleb has been doing an awesome job helping us get ready for the the show every single Monday. Why? Uh, thank you. Yeah, right beforehand, helping set up the mics, getting things uh, ready, and uh, yeah, man, we always uh, we always greatly appreciate you. All right, so you can do all that again. CountrySquireRadio.com is the place to find all of that information. And uh, yeah, man, yeah, man, let's go have a week. Cool. listening to Country Squire Radio, a member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit pottery.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 